Hey, welcome back everybody. Once again, two tips from the server room. This is episode number 104 for December the 29th, 2015. I'm your host, Jack, and I'm going to guide you through all this magical world of internet, network connectivity, fiber optics, Cat5 cables, and all things uh, that we love and enjoy that we work on each and every day. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Check out all the great tech shows at techpodcast.com. We're also syndicated across Stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com, where you can pick up this show as well as many other genres out there. They have an app for your smartphones, either iOS or Android. Please check out my website. I hope you do this at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. And you can also, on that website, don't forget to use my Amazon link. The Amazon link is there for your benefit. It helps the show, maybe more for my benefit than yours, but that's okay because you're going to help the show out and, and we need all the help we can get. All the proceeds uh, we can get here goes right back into producing the show. Uh, things like internet bandwidth we need, uh, software that we use in the shows, and uh, you know the recording gear, the microphones, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you get the whole drill there. Uh, your price stays the same and a little portion comes back to the show. So check that out at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. You can also comment on these shows. You can leave me a voice message, and I wish that you would do that at 724-701-0550. Once again, that's 724-701-0550. Call in, leave me a voice message. It's a free call uh, for most people. Pick up your cell phone because you have, you know, uh, pretty much, um, you know, not worldwide calling, but at least through the States, you have pretty much free calling. So give me a call there and... Uh, Leave me a voice message. Don't forget that this show is also produced. I do produce a video of this show now, and I do put that on YouTube. You can find it at 42Technoman, the number 42Technoman, or search for Jack's Tech Corner. I'm sure you'll find the shows there. And, um, you know, subscribe to that channel, and you can watch these shows as they're produced each and every week. Um, I'm not actually, this show tonight, if you're looking to uh, see the live stream, I'm not live stream. I'm trying something a little different here. Uh, we're going to pre-record it, and then I'll post it after I'm done uh, with this show here, uh, along with the podcast. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, folks, I would love to hear from you. And that's where this show tonight came from. It actually came from a Twitter message uh, that was sent to me uh, on my Twitter account. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, just search for Technoman, T-E-C-H-N-O-M-A-N. Now, I picked that name so many years ago, I don't even remember when I actually pulled that name out of the hat, but... Um, that is the handle on um, on uh, Twitter, and you can definitely send me messages there, and you can email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. So either way, I'd love to hear from you. So tonight's show, again, was actually brought to me from a viewer, um, and the viewer on that show, just making sure this uh, is recording, all right, and make sure that is recording. Everything looks like it's recording okay, so we're good to go. So this was brought to me from a listener of the podcast, and he wants me to talk a little bit about network monitoring. And I thought, wow, that's a great topic. Uh, see, that's what brings these topics to me, and it, it gets me revved up and ready to go. And I do some show notes, and I put together a show for you folks out there of something you want to know about. And that's that's very important, uh, because if I do a show and you don't want to hear about it, then you'll probably just tune me out. We want you to tune me in. So this question was actually, I said, brought from a listener of the podcast. And since we just had a major rebuild of our network, uh, we've been using some of these tools. 
And I thought it would be a great topic for tonight's show to bring you some of these tools. Now, if you do go to the YouTube video and watch the YouTube video, I'll actually have some screen uh, screenshots here coming through um, of the computer on the show, and you can actually see uh, the web page. But don't worry if you're listening to the podcast. Don't wreck your car trying to get your smartphone out. It's okay because I'll have a link in the show notes tonight uh, with the podcast uh, where I found these tools at, and you can check those out. So let's first start talking about what we tried and what we didn't like. And I'll give you the downsides of it, um, and maybe some of the upsides also of, of these tools. The first one that I pulled up, um, because I used to use a program called IP Switch. Now, IP Switch had a great mail server. It was called IP Switch Mail. And it was, it's a wonderful email package. Um, if you know, if you don't really want to get into Exchange, you don't want to become an Exchange engineer uh, to understand all, all the workings of Microsoft Exchange, you may want to look at something like IP switches email, and it is a wonderful tool. But the IP switches WhatsApp Gold is their network monitoring platform, and it's either raved about or it's hated, one or the other. And I'm not going to hate it. I'm just going to tell you what I didn't like about because you may love it. You may use it and say, Jack, this is the best tool I've ever had in the world, and I truly love using it. So let's talk about a little bit when you first install WhatsApp Gold. Um, it's a program that installs a basic web server onto your workstation, or you can install it on one of your servers, and it relies on your web browser to display the information. Okay, not that that's bad, but I found that on my computer at work, uh, it started to really try to take the computer over and make it into a network monitor. So I would say uh, maybe set yourself up a virtual server uh, and load this on there on a virtual server, and then you can access through it. You can either set up a DNS uh, entry in your DNS and point it to that server, something like uh, monitoring dot, you know, your domain dot com or dot org or whatever it is. And then everybody in your department can actually see the network and monitoring, which that would probably be the best way to do it. But I was trying to play around a little bit, you know, in a hurried state. I'll give you that. And I wanted to get this thing up and running. So I did find that it's a very large program. It's large to download. You can download the free trial version. It's very large to download, uh, which isn't bad if on our high-speed networks nowadays, that's really not the big deal. But it takes up a lot of room on your computer. And then it tries to take that computer over and make it uh, definitely a monitoring station. So you probably want this on a standalone station somewhere. The first thing it does, it tries to scan your entire network to discover all of your nodes. Now, if you have a network such as ours, uh, you'll know that from talking here and from listening to these shows that our network probably at any given time has 2,500 nodes on it. And it's a rather large network, and that's because we do a bring-your-own-device deal uh, with our student body. So they can bring in usually every student. We do, we kind of figure uh, with our IPs that every student is going to have two devices, <clears throat> be that either a smartphone and an iPad or a tablet or a smartphone and a laptop. And most of them do have two different devices. So that's one thing you got to think about is it's going to look for all those nodes. But it's also looking for, and this isn't a bad thing, it's also looking for all of your network printers. Uh, it will find your network copiers, uh, network fax machines, anything connected to that network with an IP address. What's up, Gold's going to go out there and scan it. So the first thing I found out it was it kept kind of crashing on me because our network is so large that it was trying to determine all this stuff and it was just getting bogged down, I think, uh, in the database. Because it also loads a, a, 
the uh, SQL database onto your workstation or your server because that's where it populates all this data and actually has to store it somewhere. And that makes sense. So it, it was trying to do that and it kept crashing on my computer. So we actually never got it to work correctly. Years ago, we tried What's Up Gold. That's probably why I went to it again. Years ago, we tried it. I had a, another gentleman working for me at the time, and uh, he spent probably the better part of a week trying to get it to uh, customize it to make it what we wanted it to do. And uh, it never actually really worked out. So the other downside to this software is it's very expensive. This isn't something you can go out there and get for free. It's going to cost you, a, you know, a, a good bit of money. I don't know what your budgets are, but, uh, you know, in education, our budgets are always tight and we want to get equipment that's going to allow the users to access the network more than spending a lot of money on trying to monitor the network. And I know a lot of you out there right now are shaking your head going, Jack, you got to monitor your network. And we do, but we found some tools that's actually going to help us more, in, at, you know, for the end game than what we were actually looking at uh, spending money on. So that is What's Up Gold. I can't tell you the good thing about it. Ever since I downloaded the trial version, this very nice lady from What's Up Gold or from IP Switch has been emailing me at least once a day, asking me, how's the trial going? Is there anything I can do to help you out? But looking at the price, I figured, look, this isn't really going to work out for us. And I was nice to her. I said, look, uh, you know, I told her it looks like a very nice program, but it's just not going to be the fit for our network. So I kind of let her down easy. Um, I don't, you know, I try not to slam any company out there because you might need them again one day. So be careful who you're slamming out there. The next thing we're going to talk about is, and you probably heard of this one. Uh, we've used this in the past. It's called Spiceworks. Now, Spiceworks, as we said, uh, I've tested this in the past. Uh, again, with the gentleman that used to work with me, he said, look, Jack, I found this great new program. It's free. It's called Spiceworks. And I said, free? Well, you know, you can't beat free. So he, again, tried to set this up. Uh, it's a free program. And again, we uh, found it to be very hard to set up. And if you're using Spiceworks, then, then wonderful. And I love to hear from you. Call that voicemail number and say, Jack, now be nice. So don't be like, Jack, damn it. I told you, you don't know what you're talking about, about Spiceworks. No, don't be mean. But if you have some pointers, you say, look, we use it. It works really well. I would love to hear from you. Give me some pointers out there of, you know, if you're using it, how you got it to work, maybe, um, you know, how long did it take you to get it to work? That, that would be something to talk about. But what we found it is it wants to be uh, kind of a one-touch software for your network. And is that actually bad? No. It's not bad to have a one-touch software that you're going to control everything on your network with, but it also wants to be your support ticket software. And we found that part of it. That's probably why we were starting to play with Spiceworks in the first place at that time was for the support tickets. Um, but we'll talk about support tickets a little bit um, in a few minutes here. I'll get into that and what we're doing now. It, it works really well for, for our situation. Now, Spiceworks also installs a web server on your workstation or on a server, depending on where you want to put this software. And so you need to install this thing, um, as I said, onto a server to be your best bet or a standalone, standalone workstation would be another great place to put this. Um, but again, the software seems to be a little bloated for our needs. Uh, I'm not saying it's not going to work for you. It might be something you want to look at. It's free. It's a free download. If you have, uh, you know, maybe a week and you want to play around with something to try to monitor your network and see if you can set it up, it might be the ticket. I mean, it is nice software. I think it's uh, well-written, 
Um, and it does the same thing kind of with what's up gold. It, you know, you put a starting IP and an ending IP. It will scan your network. It'll run the scan of it. It'll find all your nodes out there. So it may be something you want to look at. So don't count it out because I didn't like it. Um, again, and don't count out what's up gold because I couldn't afford it. Maybe it's something you want to look at. Maybe it's something you like. Like I said, their support seems to be on top of it, at least uh, when you're buying the program. And even when I ran uh, IP switches, IML server, I think it's what it was called actually, IML or Mel, uh, something about that, or IP Mel, or I don't know. But their support was always on top of the game. So it's a good company. I'm not I'm not dogging any of these companies out, folks. So don't, don't call in here yelling, saying, hey, you shouldn't say that about these. I'm not. I'm saying they all have their niches and depending on what you want. So that is um, Spiceworks and what it can do for you. The program that we've been using a lot lately is called Wireshark. Now, I think I said this wrong a couple weeks ago. I was watching the video back. And for some reason, I said Wirecast. Wirecast is a streaming software. It's used to actually stream uh, content out to the internet. You can use it to stream to something like Vaughn Live, uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube live streaming. Now you can use it to stream to that. Um, so <laughs> Wirecast is totally different than Wireshark. Anyway, and when you're doing these podcasts, when you're doing these videos, you look back and you go, why did I say that? You know, so Wireshark is a great tool and we use it for, to search for computers that are trashing the network, uh, or we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we talked about packet storms. You can use this to track down uh, a ton of information on your network. And what it allows you to do is you actually capture the packets into Wirecast. And you can say, you know, you can just hit start, give it an IP range, and let it capture them packets. Once it captures for so long, you determine how long you want it to be. Hit stop. And then you can filter, uh, filter those packets out and see what you're looking for. We normally look for any kind of broadcast traffic. I think we talked about that before when we were talking about packet storms. But we look for broadcast traffic and try to figure out with broadcast traffic what computers out there are misbehaving. Now, I did find the best way to use Wireshark. The best way. And hopefully you have a switch that is, it has the ability to do this. What we do is we have... Um, so you have your switch in the rack and you can set up one of the ports for mirroring. What mirroring does is we mirrored it to the port that goes out to the internet. That way I was capturing all of the traffic heading or coming back from the internet. And I can start looking at those packets, trying to figure out what is <clears throat> taking up your internet bandwidth. That's what you're having trouble with. Not so much crashing your network as much as, you know, just killing that bandwidth. So what is making the most requests to the internet? And that's when I use my mirrored port on my switch. So it works pretty well uh, to do that. Now, since we're using Cisco switches, I told you we've been uh, setting up our Cisco switches. That's been going very well. The, uh, the VLANing is all figured out now. The routing is working uh, extraordinarily perfect. Um, we now have uh, separate IP addresses for seven different VLANs we're running across our network instead of a flat network. And it allows for that traffic to um, basically travel its own roads. So if you have a large network and you're not VLANing, start digging in and figuring out how do you VLAN and, and start putting that stuff in. So as we're setting these up, uh, I told you a couple weeks ago, we did have an engineer come in. He did work with us one day uh, to get us rolling with all the programming and everything we needed to know. And now we have been putting uh, switches in either one or two a day. Uh, so it's been a pretty rapid rollout. 
Uh, it is a lot of work because you do have to break your network in certain segments to put your new switches in naturally. And people get a little bit upset about that. But I think they're um, kind of understanding that we're making it better for everybody. So since we're using the um, Cisco switches, he told us about a program uh, that we can use from Cisco, which is free. And it's called Network Assistant. And this program is really, really amazing. Um, what it does, it allows us to put the IP range in. And what we did was on our VLANs, we set up a VLAN, a uh, certain VLAN. Uh, let's call it VLAN, um, I don't know, VLAN 10. VLAN 10, let's say you call that your management VLAN. So myself and my partner at work, both are on VLAN uh, 10. Nobody else is. So you set your VLAN 10 IP address on every switch is what you're doing. So I told this thing to go out and scan for our VLAN 10 IP addresses. And what it's doing, it, it automatically pulls those switches into this program. And what was neat about it is it will actually show your trunk lines back to your core switch. <clears throat> it will show you the VLANs that are traveling through certain switches because you have certain VLANs put on certain switches. Because let's say you don't need your CEOs or your office VLAN to be on your students' uh, switches that's going to be in the closet and there's no office people plugged into it. So you, that traffic's not going to travel through there. There's no reason for that to happen. So what it does, it shows you what VLANs are on each switch. I can right-click on one of the switches, go down and say Telnet. I can pop right into it. I can Telnet. I can say manage it from a web interface, and it brings up the web interface of that switch, and you can manage it that way. Um, I'm more of a programming guy with Cisco. I like to be in the command line. Uh, I understand it. <clears throat> I can read a config file. <coughs> Excuse me. I can read a configuration file faster than I can click around a web interface and try to figure out what their terminology is to what I want to do. Uh, the config files are straightforward. Like I can do a, you know, show VLAN, uh, see all the VLANs. I can do a show uh, interface status and I can see all the interfaces and what their status are up, down, what speeds are running at. That's really simple to me. And it just makes a lot of sense. And it, it allows me to get to the information quicker than what I could do through the web interface. So that's my preference. Uh, my partner at work kind of likes the web interface. That's kind of his preference. He likes to point and click, and that's fine if that's what it is for you. So it scanned our network. It found all those switches, like I said, and it's just really, really nice to see that. What it also does, it takes that switch, and anything Cisco makes, and I told you we use the Meraki wireless access points for our wireless networking. So even if you have Cisco access points, it will shoot out from that switch and show you where those access points are. And it will tell you how many clients are on those access points at any given time. Not that Mer the Meraki interface will do it also. It's, it's amazing, the Meraki web interface. But that's a whole nother wireless show. I can tell you about that. Uh, it's just really cool um, how that works and how nice it is to actually uh, be able to see that much information, uh, you know, even on uh, at the client level. Uh, to see who's on your wireless. So it's really cool. So that's the device we're using now. Again, it's called Network Assistant. It's free from Cisco. If you're using Cisco gear, I don't know if it works with any other switches out there. I, you know, I would guess if it has an IP address, maybe it would. I don't know how much information it would give you if they're not managed. If they just, you know, we've had unmanaged switches before you give them an IP address just to see they're there and what's plugged into the ports. 
So again, I don't know what it's going to actually give you. So this next one, I am going to bring up the screen here. We're going to show you the screen as we're going through this. So if you're watching the YouTube video, uh, you'll be able to see uh, what tools I'm talking about. So we are going to switch over here. Let me see if I ever brought this up, and I did. Uh, and we'll talk about some of these other free ones I found. And um, point these out. And again, this link will be in the show notes. Uh, so if you're looking at the podcast, if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com uh, and look at the show here. Uh, again, you can find it there, uh, show number 104. Or uh, if you're on iTunes, the link will be in there for iTunes. So you'll see it there. Uh, and I'll also throw it in with the YouTube video so you'll have it there. Uh, and you can look at these yourself. You can download these tools and try them out. So let's go ahead and switch over here to the screen. And uh, as I talk about these, again, if you're watching a YouTube video, you can actually see me talking about these and, and what they are here. So the first one here, these are all free tools I found. Uh, this site it tells me it's the top 20 free networking monitoring and analysis tools for systems administrators. So your first one, obviously, is Microsoft Network Monitor. I've used this in the past. It's actually a packet analyzer that allows you to capture, view, analyze network traffic, much like Wireshark. It works much in that, that kind of a, a, you know environment. The tool is hand, handy for troubleshooting network problems and applications on a network. The main features include support for over 300 public and Microsoft proprietary protocols, simultaneously capturing sessions, a wireless monitor mode, and a sniffing of promiscuous mode traffic, amongst others. So it's a nice little tool. I don't know if the screenshot will come up here or not. There's the tool uh, full screen there. So again, it's, it's a little monitoring tool that allows you to capture packets. You can see at the top where it says capture settings, then there's a start, there's a pause, and then there's a stop. So again, you're going to capture packets, and you're going to filter against those. So much like Wireshark, um, I've used this in the past. I can't give you a whole lot of details about it, but uh, it is available for you. Let's see here. The next one is called Nijos. And we're going to get pop-ups on here for some reason. Nijos, it's N-A-G-I-O-S, is a powerful network monitoring tool that helps you to ensure that your critical systems, applications, and services are always up and running. It provides features such as alerting, which is huge, event handling, and reporting. The Nijos core is the heart of the application that contains the core monitoring engine and the basic web UI. On top of the Nijos core, you are able to implement plugins that will allow you to monitor services, application, and metrics, a chosen, a chosen front end, as well as add-ons for data, visualization, graphs, load distribution, and MySQL database support, amongst others. So this is another uh, tool here, and I may actually, since I've been doing this show, I may actually check out this tool. The big thing with us is we talked to all the switch companies out there uh, when we were buying our Cisco gear, <clears throat> and we looked at many other companies. Um, and actually, uh, to be honest with you, the um, one of the front runners we looked at, obviously, was the... Um, the same as our wireless gear, the Cisco. So with that gear, um, lost my train of thought there for a minute. <clears throat> with the uh, the gear, I'm sorry, why is this pop-up coming? 
um, with Meraki, they have um, wired networking gear also. They have switches. And that was at the top of our list to purchase because we can control them through the same web, web interface we're used to. Uh, we can look at those from anywhere in the world, which is a big plus. But the cost was a lot more than we were able to spend. So we looked at the overall price of putting those in, and that's what stopped us from that. But what we talked to these companies about was basically, um, just checking everything here, make sure everything's still running good. What we were talking about these things were um, not so much as monitoring because you don't have time. There's only two of us to control, you know, uh, 900 uh, of our educational nodes as well as all the student body. So we don't have time to sit around and watch a TV screen to monitor their network. If you have a network administrator and that's all they do, then bless you, that's wonderful. That's a great thing to have. But what we do is we rely on alerts. Now, something like this software looks nice because it says it will alert you, um, much like our Meraki access points do. The Meraki access points, the way they work, since they're web-based, if the access point cannot talk to the uh, web interface, we get an email right away that at least tells us that the access point is down, uh, which happened a few times uh, because of a cabling or because of infrastructure issues, or it tells me that the internet is down. And then I have a few other tests from home, like I'll go in and try to get to uh, something on our network, or you know, I'll use LogMeIn to try to get into the network. And uh, if I can't, then I know our main network links are down, the internet's down, which just wipes out everything. So, but I want something that's going to alert me. I want something that's going to send me a text message, uh, you know, send me an email. And this looks like it might fit the bill because it's also looking at services. Now, services on your servers, you know, they hum along and everything. But if you can have something monitoring those services, and if a service goes out, and I told my partner at work, this is what we try to do. If you're a, a technology director and you said, look, we have 99.9% .9 uptime, live by that rule. Because if you say it and it doesn't mean anything, then it's BS, okay? We live by that rule. We want to know a service is out before the user knows. So something like this will tell me, hey, uh, service is down. Um, you know, One day our DNS went down. DNS is not running or DNS is something's wrong with it. There's an error, you know, something. We want to know that before our users realize it happened because if we can react to it and fix it, then it would be much better for a uh, better scenario, right? Um, I always said, you know, if you're in the network administration business or if you're a technology director, I live my life on being proactive, not reactive. This will allow you to be a little proactive because you're monitoring all the time without watching it. And then we have to, I know we have to always react to the emergency, but wouldn't you want to know before it happens or before your user knows it? Because if you can fix it before your boss knows it, then you're going to be in pretty good limelight with your boss, okay? And your boss is going to say, wow, Jack, our network never goes down. You're thinking back in your head, yeah, well, that service went down five times last week, but we fixed it before you ever know about it. So this is a pretty good uh, program here. I am going to be digging into that more, uh, and I'll report on that later on and tell you how that's actually working out for us. This other one is called OpenNMS. Now, OpenNMS is an open-source, enterprise-grade network management application that offers automated discovery, which that's key. You don't want to have to put all your IP addresses in. Just let it discover what's on your network. Uh, event and notification management, we talked about that. Performance measurement, which is huge. You want to have performance measurement on your servers, on your networks at all times. 
and service assurance features. Okay, so there's your services again. Open NMS includes a client app. This is nice for the iPhone, the iPad, the iPod Touch uh, for on-the-go access, giving you the ability to view outages, nodes, alarms, and add an interface to the monitor. So that is really a cool setup there. Uh, it looks very nice. It's a very nice uh, interface. Uh, again, it's very much web-based. So a lot of these are, you're going to be adding this to one of your servers, I would think. Uh, it's web-based. And if you give us an outside IP address and you do a little static routing through your firewall, then you can use that app on your iPhone or iOS. Device. That's pretty cool too. I like that uh, to be able to look at outages or see if anything's going wrong at any given time. Uh, but the big thing is if they can alert you, you don't really need to look at it all the time. Uh, we don't have time, and I'm sure your department's not, you know, 5,000 strong. Uh, and if it is, and you're listening to this podcast, bless you, I'm glad, you, <laughs> I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. But most of us have small, uh, small size uh, groups. Maybe you're one guy, maybe you're a one-man shop, and I did that for, um, let's see here, uh, about 10 years. I was a one-man shop. I was allowed to bring in a consultant, which basically was somebody that I interned. You know, one of my interns, I would bring them in. We'd pay them an hourly rate, uh, but they weren't part of the company. You know how that works. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, and we did that for a few years to kind of give me some help uh, with some of the break fixes so I can do some of the bigger routine stuff or bigger stuff that we had to worry about, network drawings, networks, uh, policies, and whatnot, what network and uh, uh computer administrators do, right? So our computer admins or uh, network administrators do. But I never really had an employee to work with me, uh, and now we do. So it's it's been a it's been a wonderful experience to have somebody that if I take a vacation, he knows what I'm thinking. It's kind of weird when you work with somebody so long and you're only a two-man shop because you start to work on projects together and they know how you think. They have that ability. So uh, something like this is okay, but like I said, we can't really look at our monitors all the time. We have to rely on alerts, and that's really huge. So that is Open NMS. This other one's called Advanced IP Scanner. Now, I've used this before. Uh, it works very well. <coughs> and what I've used it for before is, uh, let's say you're looking for a printer in your network. You know you set the IP address up. You set the IP address up, and you got it ready to rock and roll. And let's say four months down the road, you go look for the IP and, you, you, and then you realize you didn't type it into that spreadsheet you have. Uh, and then we try to do that, but sometimes we put a printer in, uh, we didn't write the IP address down and I don't know what it is and I want to connect somebody to it. You can pull up IP scanner. It will scan your entire network and give you back. Hopefully you named it properly. You gave it a host name. Uh, so you'll see that printer and you'll say it's in room uh, 292 and you're good to go. You can uh, link to that IP address and load that printer up. So IP scanner is really good. It really, really helps you find uh, different things on your network. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a great little tool. And we'll bring this up here so we can look at it. And once again, there's a scan button. You click scan, you give it an IP range, and it will go out there and start finding everything on your network. So another nice little tool there that's absolutely free. Now here's one called CAPSA free. CAPSA Free is a network analyzer that allows you to monitor network traffic, troubleshoot network issues, and analyze packets. Features include support for over 300 network protocols, 
including the ability to create and customize protocols, MSN and Yahoo Messenger filters, if you're mad if somebody's using MSN on your network, I guess, email monitor and autosave, and customizable reports and dashboard. So again, this is a, it looks almost like it's a standalone program. Uh, it's very nice looking. It shows your utilization of your network. Uh, you can do analyzing or, yeah, analyze uh, objects. Um, there's a start and a stop, so you can start it, and it's going to uh, start doing its thing. Top application program by bytes, top IP uh, total traffic by bytes. So this is a nice tool, and this may be a tool a little easier to use than Wireshark uh, because it's kind of laid out nicer. So these are tools that I'll be playing with. And most of these tools that I've seen so far are Windows-based tools, and I imagine if you're a network administrator, you probably are using Windows, and if you're a Mac administrator, don't shoot me because I said that. Uh, I'm just going with the obvious there that, you know, most of us are. Uh, I use a Mac in my everyday life. Uh, I'm using a Mac now to actually uh, record this show um, for YouTube, and uh, I use Mac for all my creative side, but all the business side of things, uh, I've been using Windows to run my servers and whatnot. So we do have Windows at the shop. Okay, Fiddler. Fiddler is a web debugging tool that captures HTTP traffic between chosen, between chosen computers and the internet. It allows you to analyze incoming and outgoing data to monitor and modify requests and responses before they hit the browser. Fiddler gives you extremely detailed information about HTTP traffic and can be used for testing and performing of your websites and security testing of your web applications. So if you're an application developer and you're worried about the security of your web application, this would be a nice tool for you. I don't really know how it fits in a whole lot. Maybe you do uh, to our network monitoring segment. It, it is a network monitoring tool. It does show traffic, uh, but it seems like it's more based on HTTP web traffic. And it says right on it, web debugger. So that might be something you can use if you're developing web tools. Okay, Network Miner. Network Miner captures, captures network packets and then purges the data to extract files and images, helping you to reconstruct events that a user has taken on the network. It can also do this by purging or pre-captured PCAP file. You can enter keywords, which will be highlighted as network packets that are being captured. Network Miner is classed as a Network Forensic Analysis Tool, or an NFAT. How about that? NFAT. N-F-A-T. That can obtain information such as host name, operating system, and open ports from hosts. Again, this is more of a network. I would say this is more of a network. Um, well, obviously, it says it's a Network Forensics Tool. So I'd say this is more based on a Network Analysis Tool. Um, where you're trying to uh, determine, obviously, images. You can see what images or people are pulling down. Um, we had this once at one place I worked at. and Go to that with the CEO. Say, look, so-and-so is, is attempting to, or maybe they got around your web filters, uh, and they're attempting to look at pornography during the workday. Um, and I had to bring this to the CEO. You know, you had to relieve somebody of their duties. Uh, and it's hard because you work there, and as a technology person or as the uh, network administrator, you probably know everybody in the company because you work with that person one time or another, and you, you at least set their email up, obviously. Um, so it's hard to go there and find information like that if you're analyzing something. 
usually you're asked by the CEO or the president of the company will come to you and say, look, we think we're having trouble with, um, you know, uh, Ralph May George. Uh, Ralph May George, we think that he's doing something weird on his computer. Can you check it out? And then you can use this kind of tool to analyze that and figure it out. So I think the CEO, the president's going to know before you know, or the HR department's going to come to you with this request. Um, and we can talk one night about ethics. Uh, I think that's a big subject, especially when you're in our business. You have to be a very ethical person. You have to be a very quiet, not, not a quiet person. You have to be a very secretive type person. Uh, you don't want to go around at the water cooler and say, hey, we're investigating, uh, you know, Rafi May George, uh, we think he's looking at something on the internet. You can't do that. And we'll talk about ethics sometime on the show if you want to hear about that. And, um, you know, we have, and when you're in this job, somebody once said, you know, you have God mode. And I said, God mode? I said, I don't feel it. I'm a God. I mean, you know, I go to church and I, and I you know, you, but you don't, you're not God. Uh, but on your network, you are. You are the guy. Uh, people say, oh, I can't tell you my password. like, I can reset your password in two seconds and I could be in your account. So, or your email, I could be in your email in like two seconds. So, you know, we do have that, that control uh, to look at things. So people have to be aware of that. You have to be ethical. I'm getting off subject because you know, I rant sometimes. People said they like the liveliness of the show, the way that I do keep it kind of real, I guess. Okay. Here's one called Pandora. Pandora, I listen to Pandora. No, not that Pandora. Pandora FMS, FMS is a performance monitoring, network monitoring, and availability management tool that keeps the eye on the servers, applications, and communications. It has an advanced event correlation system that allows you to create alerts based on events from different sources to notify administrators before an issue escalates. I think that's a good way to put it. Remember before I told you, you want to fix something before the user knows you want to fix it before it escalates before that phone rings and they go, uh, you go, uh, it department, may I help you? Yeah. We just had a whole, uh, whole uh, floor over here go down. They don't have no internet. We want to know that before that happens. And this is a great little tool here for that. So this is a little screenshot of the tool. Again, it's called Pandora FMX, FMS. Uh, it looks very straightforward. Uh, it looks like it monitors stuff. It has group view, tactical views, uh, global health, monitoring health, uh, modular uh, sanity, sanity, I don't know, alert levels, uh, monitoring checks. And this is all really good stuff to monitor your network and report on your network, uh, uh, you know, and your services. Uh, you got to remember them services. I once told somebody that, uh, and everybody knows that this listens to this show that I am a uh, really much so, just looking back here, I am a really much uh, into virtualization. I love virtualizing my servers uh, because it takes up less resources. We talked about that, less electricity, less cooling in your server rooms because you need less physical servers. But really, when you look at that, when you look at your virtual servers, do you ever remember the old days? I don't know how old you are listening to the show or watching, but do you remember back in the days when we would physically be able to go over and turn a server off and turn it on. Well, now when you physically turn a physical server off, you may be downing five servers, six servers, 10, who knows what you have running across there. You're not physically shutting off one. So I used to tell people on a virtual server, where are they? You know, you have them across, spread across your NAS devices. Uh, they're, you know, ours is spread across 
22, um, you know, NAS uh, hard drives. And, 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 you know, they're humming along there very well. But if something goes wrong, how do you flip a switch, one switch to take care of all those virtual servers? So I think that's the key now is being able to monitor what you can't really see anymore. Uh, you can't really see. If you walk in, I used to walk in the server room, and I would do a quick scan of the server racks and make sure all the lights are on. That would at least give me an indication that everything should be working. You know, they're all powered up. But today they could be on, and you can have a virtual server that's not working. Uh, and that's that's quite possible. So this will actually let you monitor. And if you want to monitor a virtual server, pick a service on each virtual server and monitor that one service. If the service is down, it could be the service, but it could be the virtual server. Something to think about. Now, here's a hard one to pronounce. Xenos Core. Z-E-N-O-S-S -S Core. Xenos Core. Xenos Core is a powerful open source IT monitoring platform that monitors applications, servers, storage, networking, and virtualization to virtualization to provide ability and perform statistics. It also has a high-performance event handling system with an advanced notification system. So here we go. Let's take a little look. It is, again, web browser-based. So you can either get to it by the IP address on your network, or you can put a DNS in there and give it a name and uh, be able to go to it that way. Uh, but again, it's web-based. It has advanced graphics, um, modular plugins, configuration properties, custom properties, administration, uh, monitoring templates. So again, it does pretty much what the other ones do. It monitors uh, status of services, IP services, processes, networks, network maps, and manufacturers. That's pretty cool. If you can check your, from your manufacturers and, and look out there at your, uh, you know, your servers and your switches. And you can monitor your workstations, but the workstation, you have a problem with monitoring a workstation because when the user shuts it off, is it off, off, or is it off? And we've had some users turn off at lunchtime. They said they wanted to give it a rest, which is fine. I don't care, whatever you want to do. But, okay, that's kind of funny. The computer really doesn't need a rest in the afternoon. It really doesn't take a lunch break. But on the other side of that, um, we don't want to run over there and be like, oh, my God, your computer just went off. No. Because, you know, I don't monitor workstations. Uh, the user will call you and let you know about the workstation. I monitor the backend services that will affect the whole network is what I want to monitor. So this could be a great tool for that. It might be something you want to check out. All right. So now we have PRTG Network Monitor Freeware. PRTG Network Monitor monitors network availability, network usage, usage using a variety of protocols using SNMP, NetFlow, and WMI. It's a powerful tool that offers an easy-to-use web-based interface and apps for your iOS and Android phone, amongst others. I don't know what others there are, but anyway. Our PRTG network monitoring uh, key features include comprehensive network monitoring, which monitors more than 170 sensor types of application monitoring, Flexible alerting, including nine different notification methods, status alerts, limit alerts, threshold alerts, conditional alerts, and alert scheduling. In-depth reporting. And it says the freeware version. Uh, okay, here's the catch, folks. The freeware version of PRTG network monitors limited to 10 sensors. So I'm going to show you this because it is free. It does fall into the free category. But... 
and obviously they want you to buy it. They got to make money. That's what life's all about is making some cash on the other side there somehow. Not like these free podcasts, you know, but um, I want to give you information for free. Well, they want to give you some information, let you play with it with 10, uh, 10 different, um, uh, 10 different, how did it put that? 10 different sensors. So uh, I don't know if that's only 10 different devices. Uh, it doesn't really make sure like sensors. Some of these you have to install a, a sensor on each server. Uh, some of them do it through, you know, the different services on that server, like pinging it. Uh, they may do it through the SNMP. They were talking about uh, different ways of communicating with your server. So uh, you could check it out. I don't know. You can may report back and tell me if it was any good or not. I've heard of this one before called the Dude. The Dude is a network monitoring tool that monitors devices and alerts you when there is a problem. It can also automatically scan all devices on a given subnet and then draw a layout on a map. Now, this is pretty promising. Uh, their drawings are not bad. Little little um, square pictures of a computer, of a network switch, you know, whatever. Uh, puts it into a little database format. So might be something you want to look at for drawing your networks out. And let's go back here. Now, I'm only on 12, so I'm not going to show you the rest of these. What we're going to do here is I'm going to tell you the title, the name of it. They all basically do the same type thing. They monitor your networks, your services, and they alert you. You can look at this list and read more about them at your leisure because the link will be in the show notes. The next one is called Splunk. So Splunk, again, is the monitoring tool. I will bring up the picture here and show you there. There's a little web interface of Splunk. The next one I've used before called Angry IP Scanner. Oops, why did I do that? I didn't want to do that. Let's get out of here. Angry IP scanner. Let's bring that up. Again, it scans your networks with, with a certain range of IP addresses. I've used this before to find things on the network. It's a wonderful tool. It works very, very well. Very uh, fast tool, and uh, it's very nice. It does show you if, if the devices are up or down when it does find those. So This other one, if I could pronounce it, uh, I'll just spell it. Is maybe it's icing a it's I C I N G a two uh, is another one for monitoring. This one happens to say it's a Linux based tool. So if you're not familiar with Linux, you probably don't want this tool. Uh, if you are familiar with Linux and setting up a Linux web server, maybe this tool is for you. Maybe you like uh, Ubuntu or something. I find it extremely easy to use and it works really well. I like it on laptops a lot. Uh, so that's that one total network monitor. Uh, Total Network Monitor, again, is another monitoring tool. I'll just bring up this picture for our YouTube people here. I think they're coming up okay. Yeah, they look pretty good on there on the, on the recording. So this is uh, the Network Place, another great little tool there. Uh, scans your IP network and uh, builds a uh, XML file of everything there on your network. Really nice little tool. 16 is Next XMS. Uh, another tool uh, that shows alarms when node is down. This is a nice alerting package here. Acknowledge node down alarms when node is up. Wow. <laughs> Show alarm when network service is down or in an unknown state. That's good because if it's not up, then it's unknown. Uh, show alarm when an interface is down. That's really handy. Um, you know, if it can't get to the device, then you can acknowledge an interface down alarm when an interface is up. So there's a ton of stuff in these. Uh, and I, we can go on and on and on all night, but I don't want to bore you when you're driving down the road. And you say, Jack, shut up. I'm tired of listening to you. This one's called XYMON. Uh, it's also a web-based system uh, designed to run on a Unix-based system. 
So if you're familiar with Unix, you might want to play with something like this. If not, you probably want to stay away from it. Uh, Unix is its own little beast in a, in a basket. Wireless NetView. I don't have my phone with me either because we found one for the phone and you guys might already know what it is. It, I, went to, I went to a technology conference and they were showing us this device, this software for the phone. I wish I remember the name. I thought I'd bring my phone up for this, this, this segment. But on the phone, you can click on it wherever you're at. I went into a JCPenney's, which is like a, a clothing store here where I live in Pittsburgh. And I brought this, this program up. I got on their wireless. It showed me every device on their network that was attached. It showed me everybody else that was on their wireless. And it will show you open ports to get into those devices. It's really, really scary. It really teaches you why you probably need a VPN on your phone if you're on any public wireless access um, or any other time. Get, get a good known VPN. Um, I've been planning to set one up at my house so I can always VPN back here and be on my known network when I'm out there. Uh, so I can maybe put all my traffic through here and not out there in the world. So it was really scary. But this one's called Wireless NetView. Wireless NetView, I'll just tell you about this one, is a lightweight utility available as a standalone executable or installation package that monitors the activity of reachable wireless networks and displays information such as their SSID, signal quality, MAC address, channel number, and cipher algorithms. So there it is. It's really nice. And that's kind of what this other one does, but it picks up everything on your network, everything plugged in or wireless. It's really cool. Um, so this is just showing you the wireless signals. We used to use stuff like this when we went out and did war driving. You remember early on when the wireless started getting, uh, people started putting those wireless access points in and they um, they didn't actually, um, it was kind of funny because yeah, this one gives you the IP address, the device name, the MAC address, the network adapter. Uh, you, you know, and and the the, the network adaptive adaptive company, uh, like it says in here, Apple Hewlett Packard. Um, what's neat about these is if you have the default password, you could probably pop right into those anyway. So on a web browser, then you can change the user's password and make them all mad at you. Uh, not that I would do that, but I'm just saying it is a possibility. The next one is uh, Exorus. It's X-I-R-R-U-X-U-S Wi-Fi Inspector. Uh, Inspector can be used to search out Wi-Fi networks, manage and troubleshoot connections, uh, verify Wi-Fi coverage, which is nice when you're setting up a network, when you're engineering a wireless network. Locate Wi-Fi devices and detect rogue access points. Folks, that is huge. Um, on our devices, we turned every access point on to always search for rogue access points. So if a user brings in, and this does happen in your companies, uh, your wireless is a little weak to one part of a building. A user is pretty smart. Most people have networks at home now. So they come in, and what they'll do is they'll actually take, um, getting a little long in the podcast, but they'll actually take uh, like a Linksys or a D-Link access point and plug it in your network, and they have their own wireless point, their own wireless access point. They know they can set that up. So that is a rogue access point. It's also nice like us. We used to put our access points in the ceiling tiles. Um, I know you're going to say, Jack, that gets hot up there. You'll burn them up. And you're probably right. We did burn up a couple of them. Uh, but for the most part, they lasted for two years. So they, they worked pretty well. But when we put in the new gear, we may have forgot some of those still up there communicating. And we actually went out and found some of our own access points that we had in ceiling tiles that we forgot about two years ago. Uh, where they were because we never mapped that. Today we map everything. We know where every access point is and the coverage abilities of that. So 
it's a nice little uh, application here. You can see it has a nice interface. Uh, again, it's a Wi-Fi inspector. Um, gives you a little radar of, of how far the access point's going out there, the SSID. Pretty cool little uh, software package here. Again, it's for Windows. Wireshark, we talked about. This is what Wireshark looks like. It's a nice little interface. It works extremely well uh, for kind of uh, troubleshooting your network and seeing if you have any rogue access points out there. So that is Wireshark. Let me go back here now because I think uh, the next thing, yeah, the last thing I want to talk to you about just real quickly here is our support desk, what I did. So I was actually looking for a support desk and we're just talking about network monitoring. To me, getting a support ticket is a network monitoring tool in a sense because people are telling me there's something wrong and I can go out and fix it. So whatever that is. But I just wanted to tell you since I brought up earlier, I didn't want to pay a lot of money and most of these are too much for a school to afford. So we are a Google app shop. And if you are a Google app shop, you might be able to use this. You can email me and I could possibly figure out how I can send you the, the, the form or the scripting language that I used. But Google apps, if you don't know, has their own programming language. And once I started learning about that, I was able to create a Google form that all of our users use. It doesn't, I don't have to ask for their name or anything because it captures their email address, which is cool because then I know who you are. It does that totally on its own. And I set, set it up to capture the ticket from the user and it writes it to a spreadsheet. It then emails us and says, hey, you have a new ticket. I can look, I can read the ticket. I can go into the spreadsheet and I put scripting language in that allows me to put a progress in like, I ordered parts for your computer, whatever. I go up and I click, I click on that line on the spreadsheet. I go up to the top and click on it and click on um, in progress. When I do that, it emails the user that note saying, hey, I ordered the parts for your computer. So they have an update. Once we complete that ticket, I put in the completed status. You know, part has been uh, installed. Computer's not working fine. I go up to the top again. I click. I click on complete ticket. It emails that user once again. It says your computer is fixed. The ticket is now being closed. So I did this all. It's completely free to do. All it did was take some of my user time uh, to do that. And I was able to uh, set that up absolutely free of charge and it works very, very well. So look out there for it. Uh, once again, it's Google apps scripting language and you can write your own stuff with Google forms. So I, Hey, I hope this helped uh, some of you out there anyway. Uh, please send me information on uh, what monitoring tools you're using. I'd love to hear from you out there. Uh, I'm sorry. This podcast got a little bit longer than most of them do. Uh, some of you like that. Some of you uh, emailed me and said, Jack, make the podcast longer. I got a longer commute than what you talk. Uh, so hopefully now I got you into the parking garage and you're pulling your car in and uh, you're you're now um, <clears throat> getting ready to turn me off. <laughs> so anyway, hey folks, um, but thank you so much for joining the podcast here, downloading, subscribing to the shows. Uh, thanks uh, to you uh, to, to use guys. Wow. Thanks to everybody out there uh, for viewing the YouTube videos. That definitely is a great way to help. Uh, if you notice there is uh, ads on the YouTube videos, I always put one in the front. I don't like when they do roll ads in between my videos. I think that's not good for the viewer. Uh, I don't, I don't like looking at ads on TV. I don't want you looking at ads in the middle of my YouTube videos. So, but folks, so once again, remember that Amazon link I told you about, go to tips from the shut off your ad blocker. I know you have one, turn it off and you'll see the ad on there. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I said ad again, you'll see the link on there uh, that you can use to buy anything from Amazon and a small portion comes back to the show. Uh, 
Folks, if you want to learn more about Windows Server 2008 R2, or if you want to learn, you're brand new, you don't know anything about servers, you're a network guy. I worked with a programmer once. He said, Jack, will you go with me and buy some computer parts and help me build a computer? I said, but you program them. He goes, I don't know how to build them. So if you don't know anything about Windows Server and you want to advance your knowledge, take one of my courses, either Windows Server 2008 R2, Windows Server 2012 R2, or VMware ESXi 5.5 Server. From install to administration, install to administration. I give you that whole gamut for a very, very low cost right now of this show today of December 29th, 2015. I can tell you that the price is $250. Will that go up? I don't know. Maybe the rate of inflation, maybe it will have to go up. But right now it's $250. So it's very inexpensive for you to take this course. And once you're a member of this course, you will always be a member of this course. I never kick you off like other courses do. Uh, I took a course before and they're like, Hey, you're not done. It's been 120 days. You know, you got to finish this course or we are kicking you off. I'm like, really? I paid my money. Too bad. Pay again. So I never do that. Once you pay, you're always a member of the course. Uh, so check those out. Go to tipsontheserverroom.com. Look at the clop. Look at the look at the clop of the page. Look at the top of the page for the online class link and click on that. They're self-paced. You watch a video. You take a two or three question quiz. And that's just to make sure I know that you know it. Once you're done, I will email you a certificate, which is good for framing. You can uh, frame these things. You can put them with your. A lot of people are putting them with their resume, sending them out, and they're telling me that it's helping them to get jobs. So I hope it does help or it could help you get a promotion. Once again, sign up today at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Folks, thank you very much for hanging in there for this very long show. Very great topic, very easy to talk about. It's stuff that I want to try out myself, I think, some of these tools. So it's great stuff. Hey, and I'll be talking to you next week. Have a great, great, happy new year. Uh, I know that's coming, and I hope you had a Merry Christmas or whichever holiday you celebrate. I hope it was very good for you, and I hope you really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, have a safe, happy new year. Don't drink and drive. Please don't do that. If you're going to drink, uh, drink responsibly or get a designated driver or do like we do. Get a shrimp ring, uh, get a, uh, a New Year's pretzel. And if you've never heard of that, try it. It's pretty cool. It's supposed to be for good luck. And just drink at home, um, you know, then just tumble into bed, fall over and go to sleep after the ball drops. So hopefully you have a great time, though. Be safe out there. And I'll talk to all you folks next year or next Tuesday night here on Tips from the Server Room. Bye-bye for now, folks.